about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good. So glad for you to be here tonight. Okay, are you ready tonight? All right, take your Bibles. Go to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Father, I thank you for your word once again tonight for revelation into your kingdom. Father, we thank you for using us in this day and this hour. We thank you that you've given us the purpose that we need to continue to go forward each and every day. Father, I thank you for the anointing you've placed upon each and every life here. I thank you for the authority you've given each and every one of us. And I thank you that we're learning more and more to use all the gifts that you've placed on the inside of each and every one of us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. How many know who it's talking about? And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. Now notice here it's talking about Jesus coming. They use this a lot at Christmas time, but we don't really think about what it's saying. It says basically unto us a child is born, talking about Jesus. And notice what it says, the government shall be where? Now here it actually gives us a lot of revelation because it's talking about when Jesus came back, he came not to bring religion, not to bring heaven. He came to bring a government. He came to bring a spiritual government back to the earth realm. If you don't understand how kingdoms operate, you're going to have trouble when you read the Bible, especially if you read it from a democracy mindset. Because democracy that we've lived in all our lives has nothing to do basically with the kingdom of God. And when you come into the kingdom of God, how many know that you are now living in a kingdom and you're no longer living in democracy? Today's governments, basically, we see them. They're failing every single day. doesn't matter what kind they are. They're all falling apart. And in the last 2,000 years, we've basically lost the whole idea of what a kingdom is and what we think it is today. Now, a kingdom, when I first started hearing about a kingdom, meant to me is basically somebody and his family who had escalated themselves above everybody else so that they ruled the area that they were in. It basically meant to me a king who was a dictator, who basically was bossing everybody around, telling them what they could do, what they couldn't do, basically. And it also a king, basically, that prospered at the expense of all the citizens. That's what they were doing, basically, is expressing that. But when you study the kingdom of God, you find out that it's not a natural kingdom. It's not a worldly kingdom. It is godly kingdom. And a godly kingdom is completely different from what we think a kingdom is, which basically is a dictatorship. The original concept of kingdom was introduced by God himself, and it was a perfect government built on a righteous judge, righteous judgment, and a perfect government with a perfect king. They a perfect king. How many know the ruler of a country makes a big difference? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're just going to leave that go. We ain't got that much time tonight. Hallelujah. So all governments on earth basically are an attempt to copy God's government. That's what they're here for. Socialism, communism, you know, dictatorships, democracies. Everybody's trying to get a government that works, but none of the governments are going to work. They all slowly fall apart and get corrupt every single time. And that is because basically none of them are tied into the Holy Ghost. 
If you're going to run a government, the Holy Ghost has to be the one in charge of that. And how many know we were one nation under God at one time, but we're slowly slipping out from underneath God, and we're seeing the results of that. So Jesus came. He brought with him a government upon his shoulders. He didn't bring heaven that we were taught for a long time in religion, but he brought a government. Jesus basically came to earth to restore the kingdom government that Adam and Eve lost in the garden. He wanted to reinstate God's government back in here. And basically to do that, he came and he brought the kingdom with him at that time. So he came to restore us back to our original place back in Genesis chapter 1 when man was created. So if you want to know who you are, just go back to Genesis chapter 1. You'll find out that you have authority on earth. You've been made in the image and likeness of God himself. So let's look at a kingdom tonight. There's several components of kingdoms. Number one, every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom there is has a king. The king basically represents the glory and the nature of that kingdom and of the land basically he's ruling over. The word of the kingdom is supreme. Whatever the king says, go. He does not have Congress. He does not have the Senate. He does not have the Supreme Court. Whatever he says, go, he is the supreme ruler. Now, how many know, compared to what we know, it's not that way. The president does not have the supreme rule. The president basically word sometimes good, but it can be vetoed, could be got out of there, could be up, overrupted by Congress or whatever. So we see a kingdom is different. The second thing a kingdom always has is a territory. You cannot be a king without a dumb. The word dumb means domain. So he's a king over a domain. He is the king basically we found out over heaven. We are the king here on earth. Where is our domain? Our domain is? His domain is? But he wants to rule in this earth realm through us, basically. So basically, he is, in a way, a, a by-ruler of the earth realm here. So every kingdom has a domain. The territory and all its resources, people, property, everything, belong to the king. It's a revelation you've got to get if you want to walk in finances. God owns everything. Thank God the president of the United States don't own everything. Thank God the government don't own everything, even though they're trying to. But a king owns everything. He owns everything in his entire kingdom. And the king basically has a right to own all, and he's known as a lord. Say a lord. The word lord means he's an owner. So not only is he a king, but he is also a lord. He's a king and lord. Okay, and then another thing the kingdom has is a constitution. Constitution is basically the agreement of the government with its citizens. So in this case, it's agreement of the king with his citizens. It basically expresses to his citizens his mind and his will and basically what he's thinking. It's basically the will of God written down on paper, written down in a book so he knows exactly what he's thinking and what he desires. So it expresses the mind of the king to his citizens. It also contains the benefits and the privileges of kingdom citizenship. It tells you what you can do, what you can't do, what you belong to, what you don't. I mean, there's privileges that citizens have that other people who aren't citizens don't have. And it's also documented words of the king. Once again, whatever the king says is law, it is fact. Kingdom also has citizens. Citizens are people who live under the rule of the king. Citizenship is not a right, but it is a privilege. When you become a citizen, there's benefits and there's privileges of the kingdom that are only accessible to kingdom citizens. You did not choose to be a citizen. You were chosen to be a citizen. The Bible says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you were chosen? Yes. So the goal of a citizen in the kingdom of God is basically to submit to the king and to seek to stay in right standing with him. 
What are we here for? We're here to submit to the king. Whatever the king says and whatever laws he puts out, we abide by them. And basically, we remain in right standing, which is known as what? Righteousness. Thank you. Righteousness. Yes. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his? And all these things will be added unto you. Okay, the next thing is the law. The kingdom has the law. That's the standards and the principles established by the king himself. In other words, the king has made laws, basically, that people are supposed to live under. Obeying the laws of the kingdom guarantees access to kingdom benefits. So as long as you're keeping the law, I mean, everything's fine. How many know that's good in the natural realm, too? As long as you're abiding by the speed limit, you're not going to get picked up for speeding. You go over the speed limit, break the law, there's a chance you may end up in a little bit of trouble. Rebellion against the law is rebellion against the king himself because he made the laws. And in a kingdom, this is a biggie, the laws cannot be changed. Now, we've seen even in my lifetime so many laws that were changed. I mean, we've changed marriage from a man and a woman to two men and two women. Changed the law on the thing. They changed the law of abortion, killing babies, innocent babies. What is that? That's in a democracy. Things have changed. But in God's kingdom, they do not change. People say the Bible's an old book. It's an old book of laws, and you better abide by those laws because they're still just as good as they were 2,000 years ago. So that's what it is. And there's a lot of churches out there who are changing their laws to line up with the laws of the world to try to keep everybody coming and make everybody happy. I don't care if you're happy or not. We're going to go by the laws of the kingdom of God. If it makes you unhappy, you probably got to go someplace else, praise God. Because when you abide by the laws, all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Another thing basically in the kingdom is privileges. Say privileges. Privileges, privileges are the benefits the king desires to give to his faithful citizens. Now, a righteous king, like in the kingdom of God, is looking to supply all your needs. He's looking to give you what you need. How I many you know the government of democracy could care less what you need and care less what you got? So you can see the difference in the two once again. But if under the opinion of, of the government of democracy, you'd think, well, God's the same way. He might give it to me. He might not give it to me. He might like me. He might not like me. But that's not right because the king is obligated. He's obligated to supply your needs and to do things. Once the citizen... Once a citizen in the kingdom of God, he is responsible for all your needs. Say, he's responsible. Now, that's tough too, isn't it? Because where we live, boy, it's, it's dog eat dog, brother. I'm out there. I'm making my money. I'm putting it in a bank. If I, something gets stolen, I freak out of everything else. But notice in the kingdom, it's not your responsibility. It's his responsibility. Now, that's tough for us to switch over because it's hard to get to a place where you fully trust God for everything. The Bible says that it knew it. Trust in the Lord with now, why did it put that in there? Because it knew people were going to trust the Lord with? <laughs> See? Everything in the Bible was put there because he already knew things that we were going to do. So basically, we've got to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Now, these privileges are important. We see that right now in the day that we're living in. People are crawling across rivers. They're coming across the south border. They're getting shot. They're getting in trouble. But they're all coming to get something better than where they were. Yeah. I mean, you don't see anybody trying to break into Mexico. They're not having a rush of immigrants down there right now. Why? Because it's just as bad as where they came from. But this is better. And when we learn to really believe this stuff, this is where our witnessing comes in because we can witness of a better kingdom and a better place where you've been living in outside the kingdom. And when you come in there, you've got rights and you've got privileges. So the king basically owns everything and he can give to anybody at any time whatever he feels like he wants to give them. Hallelujah. And I know he's just giving me more and more and just keep doing it. Praise God. I'm so happy about that. All right, it has a code of ethics. Say a code of ethics. Code of ethics. code of ethics is basically acceptable conduct of the citizens in the kingdom. It includes moral standards, social relationships, personal conduct, attitudes, 
attire, and manner of life. I notice in the world today, right now, you can see code of ethics is, is disappearing. You can do whatever you want. You can rob a store if you want to and leave and take everything with you. Why? Because the code of ethics is falling apart in democracy. It wasn't always that way. It has slowly been corrupted down to a place to where all those things are diminishing. In the kingdom of God, they have not changed and they will not change. Okay, another thing that has, every kingdom has an army. Say an army. army. Alright, now let me just tell you, the army is not you. The kingdom system of securing its territory and protecting its citizens. We are not the army. We are the citizens. The army that we have are people, or well, they're beings called angels. They are. I mean, even in the natural realm, you're a citizen of the United States. If somebody's robbing your house, you don't call yourself. You call the police, don't you? Because they're the ones who are there to do it. Well, the church has said, we're the army, we're the army. No, you're a citizen. You're a citizen. You've got, and if, and if you want to take care of that stuff, go ahead. But I'd rather have the angels. I've read some things on them. They're pretty good people to have on your side from what I've read. Yeah, so I'd rather trust in them protecting things in my life and things rather than me trying to do it myself. So we've got to change our way of thinking again, don't we? Because we always thought that we're the mighty army. Well, you're not the mighty army. You're a mighty person, but you're not the mighty army, praise God. So the army's there to protect you. The angels hearken to the voice of your mouth. What you say, the angels will respond to. The angels are called the host of heaven. Another name for host is army. Praise God. All right. There's also in, in every kingdom a commonwealth. Say commonwealth. The commonwealth is the economic system of the kingdom of God. Every citizen in the kingdom is guaranteed equal access to financial security. It's not like in the world where you're making 100000 and somebody else is making 40000 somebody else is getting minimum wage. Basically, you have access to everything that the king has. And how many know he's got enough for everybody? So you can access from the king whatever your faith will bring out of the kingdom of heaven. And basically that's where we receive from is our kingdom of heaven, not down here, basically. So commonwealth is for all the citizens so we can share benefits and everyone can basically stay on the same level. Hallelujah. And of course, the more you grow to be spiritual and understand the kingdom of God, the more you'll be able to access those things by faith to him, through him. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is culture. Say culture. The environment created by the life and the manner of the king and his citizens. The culture expresses the nature of the king into a certain area of people. In other words, God expects his culture to be brought back into the earth realm through people who have acquired his culture by entering the kingdom of God as citizens. Are you following me? That's very important, isn't it? If God's going to get his culture in here, how many know he's not going to, he can't do it by himself. He has to have people to teach it, preach it, and also people to live it. Say live it. Because when you live in that culture, then basically people can see your joy, see your happiness, see your victory, and basically want to come into the kingdom of God at the same time also. So culture is very important. You can see culture in other places. You, you go over to the Bahamas. They're now a country by themselves. But at one time, how many know they were under British rule and under a king and queen over there. Well, what happens? They still drive on the wrong side of the road, still drink tea, still wear suits and ties in 100-degree weather. Why? Because that culture was brought into them, and even though it left, they still stuck in the same culture that they were always stuck in. Well, there's a lot of Christians who are still stuck. Oh, I don't want to say that. Yeah, still stuck in the old culture, even though they're in the kingdom of God, living just like they did before. But what does that do? It violates the laws. It cuts your access off to the rights of heaven, and basically you've got to live according to the earth. All right, here's some, here's some alike things that the, both the kingdom has and the world of governments. Number one, every government has a health program. 
We have something called Obamacare. Hallelujah. God has something too. He has health care. It's called healing. The government has a health program. Healing. The government has an education program. What does God have? He has someone by the name of the Holy Spirit who's the greatest teacher of all to teach us. The governments have a taxation system. The kingdom has a taxation system. What is it? It's tithing. Very good. It's tithing. That's the taxation system. Every kingdom has a communication system. Our communication system is the gifts of the Spirit. And every system has administrators. The kingdom of God has the Spirit of God working through the church to administrate His gifts and His things to His people. And last of all, every place has an economy. God's economy is giving and receiving and seed time and harvest time. So you can see the difference between a democracy through natural governments and through God's government. The most outstanding element in the kingdom of God is that all citizens are relatives. All relatives of the king and all citizens are kings themselves. I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah, so each and every one of us are brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us are related. Each and every one of us are kings. We're not related basically because we believe the same thing, because how many know everybody's at a different level? We are basically sons and daughters and related because we have the same father. Glory to God. All right, go to John chapter 1. Okay, John chapter 1, look at verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, this is of course talking about Jesus. Now notice it doesn't say get him. What did you do? You received him. It was already provided, something you received. Basically to them he gave the power, authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. But as many as received him, when you received him, what happened in your life? Number one, you were born again. And at that time, you entered into some place called the kingdom of God. You entered into a spiritual government, seeing that you are a spiritual being living in a natural body. So all children of God are basically joined with Christ and basically are seated with him, and we are sons of God. As believers, we are citizens of heaven. Say, I'm a citizen, I'm a citizen. of heaven. How many know you're also a citizen of the United States? So you have dual citizenship, don't you? Now, you've got, to, you've got to determine which one you want to draw your privileges from. Do you want to do it from the U.S. or do you want to do it from heaven? I'd rather do it from heaven, praise God. Hallelujah. And notice, no matter where you go or whatever happens, you remain a citizen of that kingdom or of that government. So basically, my wife was just over in Ireland. While she was over there, even though she was in Ireland, how many know she was still a citizen of the United States and still had the same rights and benefits that she had as she'd have been here? So leaving that country doesn't mean you lose your citizenship. It just means that basically you still have it wherever you go and whatever you do. It's the same way with us. Our citizenship is in heaven, but how many know we're not in heaven? We're on, but we have the same rights and privileges as citizens who live in because we have dual citizenship and we're down here, praise God. That gives us access to all the resources, the authority that we need, the power that we need. Gives us access as long as we stay in right alignment with the government of the kingdom. The more we think like kingdom citizens, the more we will act like kingdom citizens. 
kingdom citizens and others will see a distinct difference in lifestyle between us. Every human being was born to live in the kingdom of God, yet they are born into the kingdom of darkness. This is why confusion is in a lot of people's lives and is in my life for a long time. Basically, I was born into this earth realm, and, and on the inside of you, you're really looking for a utopia. You're looking for everything to be great and everything to be good. And after you get to a certain age of five or six where you realize you've got to start taking some responsibility, it's not a whole lot of fun anymore because nobody's taking care of you. And your utopia is not a utopia. It's a mess and all this stuff. But notice you were created back to begin with. Man was created to live in a utopia. Well, now you're not born into a utopia. You were born into the kingdom of darkness, basically. And being born into that, sometimes it feels like you're all mixed up. You're all kiltered. You're all out of shape. You don't know what to do. That's because until you return back to your original environment and start walking in the environment, lined up with the environment, you'll always be looking for that utopia someplace, but the utopia isn't going to come, well, it will come later, but it can come now. We don't have to put it off until the second coming or the new heavens and earth. You can walk in that utopia now just by obeying the kingdom of God and what the king has to say. It's like everything. Everything God creates, he has an environment for it. Whatever that environment is, he gives you what you need to live there. He creates a fish. How many know he gives a fish gills? He gives them fins. Why? Because they're going to live in the water. You take them out of the water, what happens? They die. Yeah. Birds fly. How many know he, he had to give a desire for the birds to fly? He had to give them something called wings. If they didn't have wings, they weren't going to fly. That was their environment, so he gave it to them, basically, so they could live peacefully in that environment. And he created fish to swim. He created birds to fly. Now, why did he create mankind? He created mankind with authority and with power. So basically, we were created with everything that we need to extend God's kingdom. It's already on the inside of us. God made sure of it because that's the environment that we brought into. And we use that authority and power basically to get back into a place of management here on the earth. We can manage our money. We can manage our lives. We can manage our time. We can manage a lot of things here. And that's what we were designed to do, to be a manager. We were never put here to be ruled. We were put here to rule. And that's why whenever anybody tries to tell you what to do, Even if it's in somebody with authority over you, you don't want to do it. And I mean, it's not something we learned. I mean, you look at little kids, they didn't learn it. They get to three, two or three years old, they, they got their, I mean, you know, they got their own will. You tell them to go sit down, they go, bleh, 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 bleh. Why is that? That wasn't taught to them. That was built into them. They don't like to be taught. They're rulers. They don't like to be told what to do. Now, how I many know that has to be broken off of them so they can submit? Yeah. And, and because it's been perverted through the fall and everything else, a lot of times this is distorted in our life too. And we come to a point to where we get born again in the kingdom of God and we don't want to submit to God either. Because we know. Let me tell you, God, let me straighten you out on this, God. I'll, I'll tell you what to do. Just give, give me a couple seconds here. I'll show you. Why is that? Because that authority is there. Do you see that, that, that to rule and to lead is on the inside of that? Leadership quality is on the inside of it. But it can be misused. People can use it to manip manipulate people. All that stuff's on the inside of us, but it's God-given. Say, it's God-given. We have husbands and wives trying to rule over each other. I mean, no, that don't work out very good. So many times we're living frustrated in life. Why? Because our environment has changed. We're living in a corrupt society and a corrupt environment. We were designed to rule. We were designed to live in victory. But instead, we live in a world where we are ruled by our own pride, by our lusts, by our greed, ruled by our feelings, our emotions, and our selfishness. Did you ever notice in selfishness, it took me a while to realize this, that every time I get my way, it's not the way I want? 
You ever notice every time I get my decision, it's not the decision that I wanted, I find out after I got it? Why? Because a selfie decision just for you is always the wrong decision, and it doesn't bring any fulfillment anyway, and it doesn't help you in an environment. Now you're starting to enlist in the environment that's already there, which is corrupt, and you went deeper into the corrupt area, and now you feel worse than you did before because you're not supposed to be acting that way, and pretty soon you're so mad at yourself and down at yourself, and you spend all your time correcting yourself, praise God. So we are dominated sometimes by the enemy, Satan, the author, basically, of the human downfall. We are frustrated because we are not fulfilling our purpose. We were born to be rulers and ruling. People get upset. People get angry. People get crazy about things. Even our money. How many know you're supposed to rule money? Not have money rule you. Yet money is ruling a lot of people everywhere. And I'm not just talking about out in the heathen world. I'm talking about people in the church. They were basically in debt because they overspent, because they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how to manage their money. Well, how many know when you're in debt, you don't feel very good? You're not looking at the word utopia. You're looking at the word mess. So all these things are changing. We've got to use our authority and our power to get back in, and we can create an environment in our own area. When we create that environment and people see us in victory, then they'll want to know how we got there, praise God. Glory to God. So the keys to peaceful living then basically for all of us is to discover how to regain our place of dominion and return to our position of leadership in the earthly domain as God originally intended. Say that again, Pastor. Okay, I will. The keys to peaceful living is to discover, first of all, how to regain our place of dominion. Regain our place of dominion and then return to our position of leadership our position of leadership in the earthly domain as God originally intended. Now, for this to happen, what is the big thing that's got to take place? We've got to have a mindset change of who we are, what we can do, how she would do it, how it happens. So we've got to think. That's what the Bible's always saying. You need to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to change your mind. You've got to fashion yourself according, not according to the old time, but the new time. Because everything changed when we got born again spiritually. We were brand new creations in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Old things passed away. Glory to God. All things became new. Glory to God. Did you thinking change? No. Still thought the same thing, same stupid thing. Still were thinking about doing the same things. And it's the Word of God that changes that. The Word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. I'll tell you, that'll cut some crap out of your mind if you take time to get in it. And, of course, you've got to pertain it to yourself because it's talking to you. So we must understand the difference between one kingdom and the other kingdom. If we don't, we'll end up living half and half. Be straddling the old fence in the kingdom of the world today and the kingdom of heaven tomorrow. Go hear the sermon on Sunday. Woo, woo, woo me praise God Tuesday comes I hate everybody's guts praise God Wednesday comes glory Thursday I hate everybody back and forth see it's a change and notice this doesn't happen overnight does it I mean don't read up read Matthew and all at once you know everything no it's a gradual thing the greatest teacher in the world is on the inside of you Old Testament people beg to have the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. He's in there and he will teach you and he will show you and how many of you know that he will show you when you're doing something wrong Yep, yep, he'll show you, he knows, and why does he do that, because he wants to show how terrible you are, no, he wants you to continue to grow, continue to seek the kingdom ways and the righteousness, and get to a place where you're effective in what you're supposed to be doing down here on the earth, all right, go to John 16, thank God for the Holy Ghost,
Okay, John chapter 16, look at verse 13. Jesus is speaking. He says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, and he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. First of all, how many know he's trying to tell you it's a he? Trying to tell you the Holy Ghost is not a vapor. He's not a puff of smoke. He's actually a, a spirit without a body, but he has a body now because he has your your body, praise God. So these seeds of leadership in us, the authorities on the inside of us basically lie dormant in our lives. It's a matter of discovering and nurturing these seeds that are on the way inside of us. And how many, you know, all through your life, you've been nurturing this authority. You've been nurturing this submission to authority. You've been nurturing this stuff without knowing it. You don't even know you're doing it until you, I mean, you got a job and all at once the boss is telling you what to do and you'd like to punch him in the nose, but sooner or later you just do what he tells you to do and you don't feel that one anymore. What happened? You learned to submit to someone above you like you're supposed to and you didn't do it because it was in the Bible. Basically, you did it because you were learning through what happened in your experiences and things like that. Every person on the earth has something called a free will. That's why people say, I don't know why this happens, why that happens, because you've got a free will. That's why. And you're making the wrong choice. So we have a free will, praise God. The degree of dominion will depend on you. How much are you going to submit to the king of the kingdom of God? Every decision that you make, every choice that you make has a consequence. Every single one, every time you make a decision. The Holy Spirit is our helper within. He will convict you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And most of all, he will teach you. Uh, let me tell you right now, he never in my life has ever tried to drive me or push me or shove me. He has always led me because he knows you have a free will. The devil doesn't care. He wants to control your free will. So he wants to push you. Somebody says, I just had to do that. Well, that was probably the devil. Yeah. Yeah, because if you had to do it, and you had to do it right now without even thinking about it. And you had to do it without checking the consequences. Then you're going to find out what the consequences were and you're going to find out. And then we blame it on God. Right. That darn God. No, he never forces us, drives us. He wants to lead us and guide us into all what? Truth. And the truth is that you are a son of God. The truth is you are a citizen of God. You are a king. You are a ruler. And you are a leader. And you have all these qualities on the inside of you. Now, if you're ever going to change the mindset that you have, you have to understand, first of all, who God really thinks and believes you are. Because we don't have a problem with believing who God is. I mean, somebody tell you, is God true? Yeah. Is he faithful? Yeah. Well, then we're not changing our mind to line up with who God is. We've got to change our mind to line up who we, we are. And, it, and it's tough to change because, oh, Lord. Can we go there? Yes. There's so much in the world that people desire to be like. So many other people that people want to be. Get the haircut like this famous singer. Wear the clothes that this person does. All trying to be like somebody. We need to understand you were fearfully and wonderfully made exactly how God wanted you to be made to carry out your thing. So you don't have to have a haircut like the rapper in order to move, move yourself up. Are you following me? That's his haircut. Let him have it. Make one of your own if you want to or do whatever, but you don't have to copy everybody else basically because you think you're a failure and because people don't have their identity and don't understand that God, even before you were in the womb, it says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. So he made you. You're as tall as he wanted you to be. You look like he wanted you to be. 
See? Yeah, well, if I just could get rid of this. You don't have to get rid of that. God seemed to like it, so why don't you go with it, praise God, and see if it's any good. Yeah, but everybody's out there trying to be somebody else, trying to be like somebody else, trying to have the same thing, trying to do this, trying to do that. All that stuff is just a lack of identity, basically. Dress like people, have a haircut like people. The movie stars, everybody wants to be like the movie stars. I want to be LeBron James. I want to be this person. No, you are who you are, and God made you that way because you're in a position that he's got you in and knew that if he made you that way, you could fulfill the purpose that he gave you. And notice how it started. One guy starts wearing pants down past his hind end, and pretty soon you've got millions of people wearing pants down like that. Why? Because everybody wants to belong to a group. Yeah. Come on, belong to this, belong to that, belong to a gang. You don't understand. You're individual, man. You are individually made. My God, he didn't make groups and say, let's see, saggy pants, saggy pants, saggy pants, saggy pants. But every time somebody walks around in saggy pants, here's everybody in saggy pants. You should never do anything because you think somebody else did it and it's cool. Because you're cooler than they are anyway, Amen. praise God, hallelujah. And until we get that revelation in our life that you're exactly like God made you, this is what he wanted, praise God. You're perfect, your creator made you that way. The hardest thing that you're ever going to try to do is be you. Just be you. Just be who you are. Well, they may not like me. Who cares? God must have liked me. He made me that way. So I don't want to be anybody else. I don't want to act like anybody else. I tried to imitate every, every preacher in the world when I first started pastoring, praise God. One Sunday morning, I was Rodney Hard Brown. The next Sunday morning, I was Benny Hinn. The next Sunday morning, I was over here. The next one, I was Harfoos. Next. <laughs> Why? Because you see that, and you see they're successful, and you want to be successful. You want to have the, the large, you want to have the big people. But after a while, you just figure, hey, I'm going to be who I'm going to be, praise God. And it's just the way it is. And I'll tell you what, it's easy to be what you want to be for yourself. Otherwise, it mixes you up because you tried the saggy pants and it didn't help you. Come on. You got the haircut that looked like Madonna, but it didn't help you anyway. It, it, nobody looked at you and said, oh, my God, Madonna. You see how our thought life is all screwed up? And we're going after things of the world just like that. This person gets that. I got to have that. This person gets that. I got to have that. I got to have a bumper sticker. I got to have a tattoo. I got to have something telling everybody who I am. And No, I know who you are, praise God. Know who you are. Are you following me? You got to know who you are, praise God. God made me. I'm perfectly and wonderfully made, praise God. Wonderfully made. Glory to God. And God knew what he was doing when he made each and every one of us. So in truth, it doesn't matter what other people say about you. It don't matter what your mom says about you. It don't matter what your dad says about you. I'll tell you, if you got, if you got parental, parent issues, I'll tell you what. You think this way. God formed you perfectly and wonderfully, had to get you in the earth realm, and thank God you had parents. I don't care how good or bad they did, God had to get you in there, and they got you in there. If they wouldn't have been there, I wish I'd have never had them, then you wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> See, we want to go back, and my dad did this, and my mom did that. Hey, they got you in here. Get excited about it, praise God. At least they brought you into the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And they didn't know what they were doing. They were just in the back seat of the car having fun. They didn't know they were bringing you into the world, praise God, to change the world by the power of God and by the anointing of God. Come on now. The Bible says when, can we go further? Yeah. The Bible says when sperm is released in a woman, it's one out of 500 million are sent out there. And God picked one. Oh, there they go. Oh, and it was me, praise God. And people say, I'm a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I got there out of 500 million. I got there, praise God, and here I am. So if you got parent problems, just say, hey, thank God they brought me into the world. Praise God, I'm here. Somebody had to do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what they did after that because you're going to be responsible. See, if they called you a loser and you believed you're a loser and you're going to live like a loser, that's your problem because there's no losers in the kingdom of God. There's only choosers. Yeah. 
And you're choosing the wrong thing. You're choosing what your school teacher told you. You're choosing all these things. But no, that's not the way it is. I tell you, the Bible's full of stories of people who were losers, but he picked them out anyway. You ever look at him? He never picks out somebody that's qualified to do what they're supposed to do. Come on, he goes to Abraham and Sarah. I wouldn't have picked them. Come on, if you were going to have a kid, they're the last two people I'd have picked. That old 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman who's, who can't even get pregnant. But he picked them. And notice, he didn't call them barren. He didn't call them old. He said, you are the father of many nations. Notice, whenever God's talking to you, he talks to you by who you really are. He doesn't call you dumb. He doesn't call you stupid. He doesn't call you a sinner. He doesn't call you lazy. He says, you a king. You a son. You full of the power of God. You full of the glory of God. Gideon was of the least tribe of Israel. He, he was basically the youngest in his family. But God said, you're a mighty warrior. Go deliver my people. And how many know that he did it? Come on, David. David, they didn't even want to pour, try to anoint him. He was still out doing sheep while they were anointing everybody else. He was the last pick to come in. And finally he said, let's try him. He was this little sheep herder out there. And what happened? God says, you're going to be a king. And how many of you know he became a king? Look at Joseph. His family put him in a hole. Put him in a hole, tried to kill him. And he came out anyway. It didn't matter. He was betrayed and he became a ruler. God always speaks to who you truly are. If you don't know that, you're going to have trouble listening to voices. So you're going to think you're a loser. You're going to think you're powerless. You're going to think you can't do nothing. You're going to think all this stuff. It doesn't matter what anybody said in your old days. They didn't know who you were. And basically, they were calling you that because they didn't know who they were. Right. If you know who you are, you don't have to call other people name, praise God. You know that who they really are. So basically, God speaks to us. He speaks to who he was. He speaks to who he created, basically. He created us. And who's here to show us who we really are? The Spirit of God. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Praise God. Let's look at that. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, which things we speak. Well, what's he talking about? The Holy Ghost is there. What's he for? He's trying to say, you're not dumb. You're, you're smart. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're not powerless. You're powerful. He's always on the inside revealing things that we can't see with our natural eyes. Now, notice, if we believe him, we'll start to see things. Otherwise, you'll live in the flesh your whole life, basically. Of, they said, I'm dumb. I, re I remember I failed a test back when I was 12 years old, and, and I've been a loser ever since, and people hang on to that stuff. No, no, no. That don't mean you're dumb. That might have meant that the test was stupid. And I mean, is that your qualification for how smart you are? The one test you had in algebra way back in, as a junior in high school? No, it don't mean anything. It don't matter what your teacher said. It don't matter what grade you got on that thing anyway, praise God, because now it don't make any difference 20 years later. So here's the Holy Ghost. What's he doing? He's showing us something. He's showing us. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1, and I'll get off this.
All right, Ephesians 1, look at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings or gifts in heavenly places in Christ. According he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined unto us the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, this is interesting here. Notice what it says. He chose us in him when? Before the foundation of the world. He'd already called you holy and blameless before you even got in the womb and came out of the womb. He's still going to call you holy and blameless. But the problem that we have, basically, is we look at what everybody tells us and what everybody says and what everybody does. And here's the thing. With the potential on the inside of you, here's why you can't get complacent and get satisfied. Because the gifts that are in you that are being pulled out of you and you're starting to use them, whenever you think you've arrived and you quit, that's basically where you die. But you've got to understand that as long as you're here, there's more, come on now, gifts that are going to be brought out of the inside of you. So I've arrived, you know, I did everything I did. I'm 60 years old now, so I'm done. No, whatever, you live to 80. There's more stuff, come on, on the inside of us. I don't think we're ever going to get to all of them, but I like to get to a lot of them, praise God. I don't want to take them to the graveyard with every other book that should have been written and every other power that's still in the graveyard not doing anything and, and the authority that's not being used. So I want this stuff to continue, and that's what keeps you going. There's more in me. There's more gifts in me. There's more thought life in me. There's more things that I've got to continue to bring out. That's why if you live to be 90 even, you're still bringing things out. Are you following me? We don't get to a quit age and then we get complacent. That's it. I'm done. No, then you're, then you're dead, basically. You're right. That's as far as you're going to go. You might as well go. See, if that's all they're going to do. But on the inside of us, there's more and there's more and there's more. And it's easy to get complacent. How many of you know that? Yeah. You know, well, I prophesied three times now. I'm done. I'm finished with everything. I preached three sermons. Hi, I finally arrived. Yeah, well, there's more sermons and more revelations that God wants to give you in your life to do. There's more things he wants done. And those things are drawn out of the inside of us by someone called the Holy Ghost. But notice these things were there before the foundation of the world. Praise God. How many know that was a long time ago? Okay, so, so what's the deal here, basically? We're growing every single day. So you've got a job. That job is not only the place where you are employed. It's not just a job. It is an opportunity that God has given you to start releasing your leadership abilities in that area and in that job that you're at. Don't worry about what they're paying you. They cannot pay you what you're worth. You're worth a lot more and you're getting paid and that's the way it is. But notice, God has given you a chance to release your abilities, to release your things, your understanding, to submit to authority, to all these things that you're learning. You're not just there to come, come make money either. You're there basically to be a trained and assume your rightful place of leadership in this world. Every job that I can, I can look back now and see why God had me there and how he used me in a leadership position. But at the time I was in the leadership position, a lot of the times I was complaining about being in a leadership. Come on. I'm just being honest. A lot of times I was complaining about being in a leadership. A lot of times when I was working and I work hard and if somebody needed help, I helped other people and everybody else would, you know, laugh at you and make fun. And what are you doing? You should be, you should be working overtime on that route instead of going around helping everybody else. You should be doing this stuff. And I thought, gee whiz, I ought to, I ought to slow down and act like everybody else is a fool. But I'm glad I didn't. Because they were, they were a fool, basically. They weren't doing. So it trains us. What's it for? You've got to learn to submit to your boss. You've got to learn to work with others. Yeah. Work with other people. You've got to learn to get along with other people. I mean, you know, sometimes where you work, people aren't exactly what you're expecting was going to be there before you took the job. 
I mean, you know, your boss wasn't exactly who you thought it was going to be. I mean, when I first went to the post office, I mean, it was a war zone. It was, it was management against worker, and there was grievances filed, and there were, I mean, left and right. And I came from a little office of four people who actually got along. So when I got down there, I, I saw they were shooting over the top of me. There, Bombs were being dropped everywhere. And I mean, I went home. I said, why did I transfer to Florida? What am I doing here? And I said, that's it. And I got on my knees, and I said, these supervisors are gone in Jesus' name. If they don't want to operate right there, out of here. And you know what? One by one, they got kicked out. So we got somebody in there who wanted to at least work with people and do people. So what was that? That was a training. I mean, I could have I yelled back like everybody else. I could have followed 100 grievances like everybody else was writing up. But I went to prayer. I went to the spiritual part of it and did something about it. Praise God. How I many you know it teaches you to work hard when no one's looking? See, all these things are happening. It taught me to be on time. How I many you know that's a trait? That's a responsibility. That's there. To be on time is it. Praise God. I punched a clock. I couldn't show there 20 minutes late and write it in. I punched a clock. And if I was 20 minutes late, I lost 20, 20. It wasn't worth it. Do you see? And it taught you to be on time. It taught you to do things. And I mean, I'm not even going there because there ain't enough time tonight for that. Praise God. <laughs> I mean, we, we want to change the world. We can't even change these little things in our life. They're, they're minute things. Praise God, that make you a leader, that make you, how can you be a leader if you're coming late all the time to lead the people who are there on time? You can't do it. That's why I said when we started music and everything up here, I said, we're starting at 10.30, come hell or high water. We're star- I don't care if there's one person here, we're starting music at 10.30, because before we had a music team, and it was supposed to be, what, 10 o'clock, sometimes it was 10.20, sometimes it was 10.30, oh, they're in the back praying. Well, that's not right. See, if you're going to pray, start at 9.30. And be on time. You're the leaders here. You're supposed to do that kind of stuff. People watch you when you're a leader. Everybody wants to be a leader until you are. Then eyeballs. Tell me who's watching. Who's watching you? Yeah, you're being watched. Every place you go, everything you do as a leader. And you need to do it, praise God. And it's not that hard to make the switch anyway. So we're kings, we're sons, we are leaders. In order to navigate between the two kingdoms, we have to learn how to act and think like children of the living God. God wants to open our eyes to see who we really are. You really are a son and daughter of God. He wants us to claim his inheritance. You will never do it till you understand it belongs to you and you're a son and daughter of God. So it all comes down to a decision that each of us must make alone. Say alone. Now notice this is the decision nobody else can make for you. They can try to make it for you, but they can't make it for you. And I'll tell you what, if you're the kind of person that wants to make it for everybody else, that's why you're miserable. Because you're not in control of everybody else's life. You're not in charge of everybody else's life. You're in charge of your life. Then you get mad when you tell somebody else and try to control them and they don't do it. Then you get all upset about it. But all that does is mess you up. See, even if you have kids, when they get to a certain age... They're on their own, praise God. If they want advice, they can get it, but you don't make the choice for them anymore. They make their own choice. And sometimes they listen to you, sometimes they don't. Most of the time, they listen to somebody else who tells them the same thing that you do. Come on, am I saying the truth? I don't want to hear that. And they come home the next night and said, guess what they told me? And they say what it is, and I'm sitting there like, I don't even want to say that. Didn't I tell you that? I just forget it and leave it go because they finally got it or whatever. Yeah, because they've been around you so long. They've been bucking your authority the best they could for so long that they want to do somebody else's authority. See, 
Are you listening? So you, you, you can't do that. You can't kind of control somebody else or, or do somebody else's free will or make the decision for them. It's not going to work because you're just going to end up in misery all your time anyway. So when it comes down to a decision that each and every one of us must make alone, you're going to either live as a son and daughter of God in the kingdom of God, or you're going to live as a subject and like a prodigal son in the kingdom of this world. All right, go to Luke 17. All right, Luke 17, look at verse 20. And, was, and when he, talking about Jesus, was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. Now, notice these people were natural people. They were even like Jesus' disciples. They thought when the kingdom of God came, it was going to be a natural kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. So they were going to say, is it, is it going to happen in Jerusalem? Is it going to take place in Rome? Where is it going to happen? Because they were looking for a natural takeover. We're not trying to take a natural thing over. We're trying to take a spiritual thing over. So it has nothing to do with, with domains or, or that kind of stuff. It has to do with people's hearts. Here it says, we are the rulers on the earth, and we are ruling representatives in the physical world, and the earth earth he has given us, he has given to the children of men. It shows you where the kingdom of God is. Where is it? It's within us. It's within each and every one of us. The kingdom of God is in here. Everything you receive from now on comes out of the kingdom of God, doesn't come down, comes through. So everybody's waiting for God to drop something down. No, it comes through you, and it comes through you through faith. We access it with faith, and it comes and materializes in the natural realm. So basically it's on the inside of us. So God's kingdom will manifest in his people rather than in a particular place. In other words, not over there, not over here, but it manifests here. Now this is good news because this puts the kingdom of God on two legs. See, it's a traveling kingdom of God. We deliver like dominoes. See, we're delivering the kingdom of God to people. We're delivering peace to them. We're delivering joy to them. Wherever we go, the kingdom of God and the influence of the kingdom and a power goes with us. God's design was we were born to dominate earth not live, die, and just go to heaven. Heaven is his domain. He's got it under control up there. Heaven is a temporary excursion for the human spirit, not a permanent territory for each and every one of us. I mean, you know, I was not taught that. I was taught that you die and you go to heaven, and I want to spend my whole life with Jesus up in heaven. I never knew that I was going to return to earth and do exactly what I was supposed to be doing down here the first time that I came. Nobody ever told me that. But then I saw it in the scriptures, and I saw too many scriptures that convinced me I was wrong. You know, the word will do that to you. You'll swear you were right. You knew it your whole life. And then you say it in the word of God and you find out that you're going to be ruling and reigning on the earth sooner or later. So basically that's what it was about. So heaven is God's domain. Earth is our domain. As God's representatives, we are called to enforce the rule of heaven on earth in the affairs of our life and other men. Now we start where? In our life, don't we? We start in our life. This is where the changes take place. This is where the thinking takes place. This is where the renewing of the mind takes place. And when you get to that part, then you can start getting into other people's life and enforce God's will into their life. What do we do? We heal the sick. We cast out devils. We speak with other tongues. We can drink anything deadly. It won't hurt us. Why? Because we're living in a supernatural realm with the power of God on the inside of us. God's authority then is on the inside of you. It's in your heart. His spirit is on the inside of you. 
You are the kingdom of God on earth through the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, we're dangerous. You're dangerous at your job. I'm telling you right now. Don't get upset about it. Don't complain about it. Don't whatever. Look out. Praise God, because you're there. And God put you there for a reason. You're there if you're following his will. And the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the... So I follow my steps. I'm in that job. Sometimes you end up in a job and you say, he couldn't have led me here because... <laughs> Ever do that? Yeah. I mean, oh my God, he couldn't have led me into this mess. Oh yes, he did. He was trying to get the kingdom of God into that mess. And you were the answer to the mess with the kingdom of God on the inside of you. But we think God doesn't do that to people. He, oh, sure he does. He's trying to, he wants to put you in a mess. Praise God. You want to pick strawberries? You go to the patch. Come on. You don't just wish for them. So he's sending each and every one of us into our place. You've been in jobs. I've been in jobs I didn't necessarily like. I, I had to work harder than everybody else, even though it made me mad that I had to do that. And, and here's the famous thing. It's not fair. <laughs> Ever use that one? It's not fair. Thank God Jesus didn't go on the cross and say, this ain't fair. I'm getting out of here. Because it wasn't a fair, but he did it, praise God. And the same way with us. You've got to look every place you go, everything you get associated with, every people, because you are the kingdom of God on earth for him. We're there to influence our surroundings. Jesus brought the kingdom of God with him, with his spirit on the inside of him. We are now carriers wherever we go, all the time, every day, 24 hours a day. You're carrying something on the inside of you. It's like a, a, a woman who gets pregnant. She, once she finds out she's pregnant, she never... She never gets over it. You know what I mean? It's not showing yet, but she's pregnant. And she's telling everybody. And it still ain't showing yet, and it's pregnant. We're kingdom people, and we're pregnant. It may not look like I got any power, but I'm telling you what, I'm pregnant. It may not look like I got any authority, but I'm pregnant. It may not look like I got access to everything in heaven, but let me show you something, man. I'm pregnant, praise God. And though nobody can see it on the outside, you believe it on the inside. And not because the doctor told you, but because God told you, praise God. So we're walking around. We're dangerous people. We're, we're going into different places. We're going as school teachers, you know, like John and them. They got a wonderful opportunity, you know. I tell my son all the time, you, you coach 75 baseball young kids. You know what you know what the opportunity you have to get to those? My goodness sakes, it's, it's amazing. Brandy's got cheerleaders at, at Weber, and she does cheerleaders at Lake Wales High School. There's 30, 40 girls every year that she has an opportunity to make a difference in their life. Why do you think they were put there? To do just that not complain about how tough it is how bad it is how long it takes nobody's listening nobody cares nobody well somebody will care and if even if one or two out of 80 cares better than one or two not caring so we've all got a purpose we've all got a plan the kingdom of God is on the inside of us you were created in uh, God's image and God's likeness praise God and you ought to be excited about it tonight father hallelujah I thank you father for what you did tonight I thank you for your word Lord, I thank you that we are influential every place we go, praise God. We thank you for the opportunity in different areas, different places, through different people. Father, we want to redeem people out of that darkness and bring them into the light of your love and of your power and of your wisdom. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen, 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 amen. amen. the key.